You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed. On this weekly talk show, we usually invite experts to take us through their journeys as professionals in their fields. If you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section or leave them in our um, Inspire platform. Um, Inspire is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. Um, there's mentors on there that can give you advice and it's available on the Emoja app on Android and iOS. Um, on today's show, we welcome Nabil Jaffer. Nabil is an entrepreneur who immigrated from Kenya to Canada at age 13. He holds a bachelor's degree in marketing from New York University. Um, he launched the print company, a full service print brokerage in 2020, launched the Unmasked podcast and aimed, which is aimed at uncovering the stories of successful people. And currently he's traveling across East Africa and planning to launch a venture, which will use technology for social benefit in developing countries. Um, so we're very excited to welcome brother Nabil. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. You are doing so many things um, within your uh, sort of marketing degree. So can you tell us first about your educational background and then we can get into all the um, different things you've gone through? Yeah, absolutely. So I, when I moved here uh, to Canada in 2011, uh, I did my high school here. So I moved here right in time for high school. At grade eight, I came here. And so I did my high school here and then decided to go to York University to study uh, computer science, actually. Uh, in my first year, I studied computer science and then decided that was not for me. Mm -hmm. And so I switched over to, to marketing and spent the next three, four years doing marketing. And this was kind of as a result of uh, where I was working at the time. Uh, I started working at a printing, uh, printing company at the time. And so I realized that marketing is something that I wanted to do and it was something more um, along the lines of my future goals. And so mm -hmm. I switched over to, to my marketing degree and I just graduated from that last month. So I finished my courses in February and I graduated last month from uh, from York University with my marketing degree. That's amazing. Um, and while you were in school, you uh, started working as a production associate. Can you tell us a bit more about that uh, that job? Yeah, so that job kind of started as, it, my, it was my friend's uncle's uh, um, factory, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of needed some extra help. And so I came to help out just to, uh, for a couple of days and a couple of days turned into a couple of weeks, and a couple of weeks turned into a couple of months, and I started, ended up working there full-time, uh, some full-time summers, uh, during the day, uh, during the years, and just getting more into that. Uh, so I spent three years doing that. In my second year of doing uh, production at the printing company, I realized that because of, the, because of my network and a lot of people I knew who needed printing, I could make some extra money on the side by uh, by getting them their printing done from from the company that I worked at, mm -hmm. and making a small commission off of it on the side, and so I spoke to my boss, uh, told him that I wanted to uh, to do this, and he said, "Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you the printing at a cheaper price. You can mm -hmm. go and sell it to to your friends, to your network, and whatever money you, you charge on top is is yours to keep." And so I can that's how I kind of got into the sales uh, aspect of it, as well as getting really involved with uh, with printing sales, uh, more specifically than just doing production. Was that um, difficult for you to approach him and ask him if you can actually start this kind of like small business on the side? Um, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking sometimes to uh, take that step and feel like you're speaking to an authority, you know, and sort of asking for something like that. 
yeah, it, it was kind of a gradual process where at that, that point I didn't even know what I was really doing. It was more mm-hmm. of production. And then somebody approached me and said, I need this printer. Can you talk to your boss and get it done for me? And so mm-hmm. that first one was kind of like, you don't really make money off of it. You're just doing it, take a helping somebody out. And then you help somebody out, you kind of gradually get into the process. So after that first order was completed, uh, I kind of spoke to my boss and I said, let, let me do this on a recurring basis and uh, make some extra money. And because we had built a relationship, I'd already worked for two, three years. It was more of a friend vibe than a uh, than an employee employer relationship it was more mm-hmm. of a helping each other out and so it was very easy to approach him at that point when i had already been working there for, for quite a bit of time okay um well how would you say that you sort of evolved through this job in your school um and uh getting into your uh starting your own business so what was that evolution like personally for you so it was a lot going on at, at that specific point in time because after my third year when i got into the sales process uh, first of all i was going from from developing myself it's some of the most crucial years of my life uh, mm-hmm. in university so i'm kind of like learning about myself and who i am as a person and yet i'm somebody who's come here and is very introverted very shy mm-hmm. uh, i have a very difficult time talking to people and so going through that process at the same time i'm developing my school career but I'm, at the same time i'm also in my uh, personal business career and so mm-hmm. that was a huge jump and at, at the end of the third year after i got into sales made quite, made some little bit of money off of that i, I kind of decided uh, is when covid decided to happen and i lost my job right when it was in the peak of when i was making a good some good money and so i was told to stay at home and uh, then have a job and just staying at home and i like to learn a lot so i would also always do research and stuff but my true passion i was not really focused on at that point mm-hmm. And a couple months later, because my brother was doing uh, clothing customization, so he would do uh, personalizing people's clothing, helping people start their own brands, helping student organizations with their clothing. Uh, we kind of came together and we said, let's let's do it together. He does the clothing aspect of it. I do the printing. I do the signs, uh, signage. I do promotional products, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's come together. We can offer all of it together. And, and we started that. So last year in June, in the peak COVID time, uh, we decided to start a business together and do print, print, print brokerage for everyone. And that was kind of similar to what I was doing when I was working at the company where I was not actually making the printing myself. I was uh, getting somebody else to do it mm-hmm. at a lower rate and then just selling it to clients. And so that the, the last year for me was just focused on that during, uh, during COVID, during the pandemic. Um, what you mentioned that you were very introverted. So, what helped to get you out of that uh, sort of uh, in- introverted uh, personality? Because it's very hard for someone who's introverted to really go out and market and you know talk to people because marketing is really about that social interaction, right? Yeah, it's surprising that I'm somebody who's uh, who loves to do sales, but I was somebody who was always introverted. Yeah. So, looking at that, and people were just like, "How did that happen?" And for me, I, whenever somebody asks me about that. Uh, that that specific moment that pointed the needle towards where I wanted to go. And I think the whole of my university career, because everything happened for me during that time. In high school, was kind of slow, um, kind of learning the culture, kind of getting to know people. But when I got into university, I slowly started to get into more, getting more involved with stuff. So in my first year, uh, I, w- I decided to let me go to um, an event at the university that was held by the Sakhalin Muslim Association. And it was just a meet and greet. It was just, you know, get to know what they do at the university. I had heard that on Thursday nights that they have Dua Kumail. And so I wanted to get to know what they were uh, what mm-hmm. they were doing. And so I decided to go to their meeting and greet, uh, got to know a couple of people there. At the same time, I was uh, part of the Masumi Youth Committee. 
at uh, the Masumin Islamic Center in, in Brampton. And so those things combined. And so a few months into it, uh, we decided to hold an event together. I knew the people from the Tafilin Muslim Association. I was the president of the Masumin Committee at that time. So we held an event together and they asked me, they approached me and they said, uh, we'd like you to be the VP of events at uh, TMA. Uh, just because we have an empty spot and it's something that you you would be a good fit for. Mm-hmm. So I joined on as part of the team. Again, very introverted, very shy, didn't know how to uh, talk to people, but slowly just got to know more people. So it was kind of one thing pushing the other. Uh, me choosing to go out of my comfort zone would push me to get more involved and me getting more involved would push me further to get more out of my comfort zone. So those things combined. And then the following, at the end of the year, they said, okay, we don't have, we have an empty role for the president and we would like you to be the president of the Takalain Muslim Association. And so I took that over for uh, about two years. Uh, that's my second, my third year of university. In my third year of university, I joined the uh, Entrepreneurship Development Association. And this mm-hmm. that, that happened at the same time where I was starting to get into print sales. So I was kind of going club to club, asking them if they needed any printing mm-hmm. done, that I could take care of it for them, kind of make some money on the side and at mm-hmm. the same time help them out. Approached them, they asked me to, to come to one of their meetings to kind of like talk to them about it. And I got sucked into being part of their team. Uh, so I was at that point now the VP of, of marketing at the EDA, the Entrepreneurship Development Association, and the president of the Takalain Muslim Association. And again, at the end of that year, they approached me. They said, would you like to be the president for the following year? And so I took that over. And so my fourth year, I decided to step away from uh, TMA and kind of go full on with the Entrepreneurship Development Association, mm-hmm. as well as trying to start my business at that point, which kind of took a little while longer to take off um, until COVID really happened. But at least at that time, I got to kind of develop my skills and build upon that and get to um, get myself to be to be more involved. That's so funny that as someone who describes themselves as an introvert, has so many, um, you know, <laughs> opportunities of leadership falling on their lap. Um, so it really shows that when you do push yourself out of your comfort zone, you can get to places that you never knew um, could happen or opportunities that you would never see yourself in those positions, right? I mean, it's surprising because uh, even when they approached me, I was like, are you sure you're asking the right person? Because uh, at that point, I didn't, I didn't even like straight off the bat when I just joined the TMA team, I didn't believe that it was, uh, I'd be good enough for it. Mm-hmm. And and then I did that. And then when I approached for the, to be the president of EDA, at that point, that was completely like imposter syndrome. At that point, I didn't believe <laughs> even close to like what, they were holding events of 150 people. And I was like, now I have to do that. And I have to lead a whole team to doing it. I'm not the right person for it. Why would you yeah. ask me? But uh, again, going out of your comfort zone and saying, uh, now that I've been approached it, let me take on this uh, responsibility and see what I can do, what I'm capable of doing. Uh, one question that comes to mind, um, you know, you, you just mentioned that uh, taking on those roles of something that you feel, wow, okay, I don't think I'm the person for this. So when, when, where do you find that balance of taking on something that you might know that you might not be good enough for, not good enough for, but maybe not qualified enough for, um, or believing in yourself to the point that of saying, you know, I can do this and I can take on this role and I know I'm going to fulfill it till the end. I think that's always been a problem for me was always approaching people to take on a role. So I would never go to a role and say, I want to be part of this position. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would work to prove myself, um, prove it to other people. And when they approached me, even at that point, I hadn't proven it to myself yet. But because somebody had approached me and said, uh, you're good enough for it, I kind of said, okay, let me, I don't believe that, but let me let me take on that, uh, that task and maybe I'll be good enough for it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, asking people around me of what they thought. 
So when I was approached, I remember the moment that like I was approached to be part of the TMA. I went to ask my mom, like, should I do it? And she's like, yeah, definitely go for it. You know, what do you have to lose? So I did it at that point. And then when they approached me for the, like at that point, I was going for an interview for uh, the vice president of marketing position. And they called me and they said, oh, we want to do an interview with you. Uh, and I was like, okay, I, like, I seem like I'm good enough for the position. I don't know why you want to put aside five minutes just to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. So I go for the interview and they're like, oh, the reason we're doing the interview is because we more specifically, we want to ask you to be president, not just the vice president of marketing position. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, okay, give me a few days to think about it. Let me let me decide if it's good enough for me if I'll be able to handle it. And I took a few days to think about it. And then I was like, uh, talk to people about it. And they were like, okay, go for it. You know, what do you have to lose? And so I took on that role and uh, decided to work work towards being capable of it. You know, mm-hmm. even if I'm not good enough for it now, I'll work my uh, work my way up so that I know that I do deserve it at the end of it. And that's such a valuable piece of advice um, for right. people who are uh, in similar positions. Um, you mentioned that you didn't choose printing. It just happened by accident, right? Um, why did you continue with it? What do you enjoy about it? Yeah, so I always enjoyed it. Like I always enjoyed the creative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I first started, it was kind of like just doing it for the sake of doing it, uh, making some extra side money. It was scary too. Like how, what work am I going to have to do? Will I be able to do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took it on, and then as I within the first couple of weeks, I remember noticing some things, uh, some puns that were in the the work that was being done, or something specific that was done with the design. I'd call it out to my friend. I said, "Did you notice that?" And a lot of people wouldn't notice the same things that I've noticed because they weren't attentive towards creativity. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got more into it. It was like with every job, even if I'm not getting uh, paid more for it, I'm just getting more invested into it and learning more about it. And as that progressed, you start to see different things on a daily basis you start to uh learn new things and because of that i was really like i really enjoyed it and a lot of times i got pulled out of it too like i got tired i didn't want to stay late at work um and i would step away for a couple of weeks couple of months and then i would automatically get pulled back into it i would always get uh I'd get called in and i enjoy it again and i'll get back to get back to doing it and so mm-hmm. the creativity aspect of it the uh, uh, always seeing something new not having to get bored because i know with a lot of jobs i get bored very easily and I knew with this one, I wouldn't because every day was a different day. Every day you're learning something new. When you started your own business, um, what was the uh, most um, empowering thing? Um, and what was the most, uh, the, the thing that let you down the most or most difficult experience that you went through? Uh, empowering thing was seeing a lot of results. So I was working with my brother and one other partner. And so having each other by our side, you know, uh, always encouraging each other wherever wherever one person is down or if something's not going right that day, we had each other to encourage, uh, we had each other for, to help each other. Um, so that kind of helped us uh, to go on a daily basis. So if we see, and then once you get a new sale, you enjoy it, you get, enjoy working with the clients, mm-hmm. uh, enjoy talking to people. That was something I really loved doing by the end of my university career. So talking to people, getting to know what their needs are and, and working to make it happen and then seeing it happen. For example, we'd make signs, you know, for clients and you're driving by and you see, um, the client's sign that you've made and you've made it happen it's kind of like motivates you to keep going and say that i want to keep doing this and i want all over the world you know i want to have billboards mm-hmm. that i made all all over the world so that kept us motivating um in terms of discouraging you know there are always uh, bad days when, when you start a business there there'll be days where you don't have clients some days where money's not coming in and you don't know how the business is going to continue or uh small fights that happen in the office you know uh, small small things that uh discourage you and at the end of the day you're like oh, i don't feel satisfied uh, I don't want to keep going with it. So those are the things that, you know, discourage you. But then at the end of the day, you have 
each other and because we had each other we we pushed each other to go to uh, to the next level um there's uh, so many points in uh, building a business like you said that have those pose those difficulties on you um you guys stopped i mean you started during covid which is already in within itself you know a difficulty and then you decided to stop a year later um what advice do you have for others who are struggling to maintain their business during during this time so well, well yeah so those two things so the fact that we started in during covid was kind of a benefit because at that point we didn't have any other opportunities you didn't have a chance to get a job or to go out and make money and at the same mm -hmm. time i was in school so at this point it's like i didn't have any other opportunities usually when you have conflict conflicting opportunities you're kind of stuck you're like oh should i go get a job or should i get a yeah. start a business if i start a business will i have the money to continue for the next year will i be able to pay my expenses pay my bills mm -hmm. uh so you have all those questions the benefit of being in COVID, despite everything that bad that happened with COVID, the benefit was that we were at home, we weren't doing much else. Uh, and we were also getting money from the government uh, to reimburse us for the salaries that we weren't making from our jobs. Uh, so it was it was a golden opportunity for me. And it, I know it doesn't always happen like that. So um, when, I, when I talk to other people and give them advice, I would say, make sure you're comfortable and make sure that you know that uh, taking risks is one thing and definitely take risks. I'm not saying don't take risks, but mm -hmm. also know that you're, you're, you're satisfied and that you, it's something that you would be able to do without um, the anxiety of it because the anxiety can definitely slow you down and, and keep you back, move you backwards. But if you don't have the anxiety, you have some money coming in from somewhere else, uh, then you can take that, uh, that, that chance and go start a business and, and go do, um, try whatever it is that you want to try, but always keep that in mind. Don't go dive in full, always be calculated. For me, it was, I was always, being, uh, always calculated my decisions, no matter mm -hmm. how risky they were. Um, there was always calculation behind it before going and uh, diving deep into it. And then um, deciding to stop after a year of uh, business, what prompted that decision? And um, you, you're currently traveling around East Africa, right? Yeah. Um, so if you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so a few months into it, so the business was going really well. Uh, it was starting to pick up, especially with COVID starting to end. Uh, it was starting to pick up. We had new clients, recurring clients that would come back to us and you know, jo jo jobs would just get, get pushed through. Um, some some days I would be at home and I'm somebody who likes to do something all the time. I don't like being unproductive. So during the weekend, I would kind of go and research YouTube videos, just click on the next, any next video that comes up about uh, the things I enjoy doing, macroeconomics or uh, learning about the world, learning about different cultures. And I got pulled into this one section of the internet that talked about uh, business opportunities across the world in emerging economies. So mm -hmm. uh, before, before even the business started, I was doing a course on entrepreneurship in emerging economies. And it talked about different businesses that were started across the world that were done in emerging economies and uh, specifically emerging economies because there are more difficulties when it comes to it. There's um, less access to technology. There's more corruption in emerging economies. So I was looking at that and looking at, at the same time as looking at the downside of it, you see there's a lot more opportunity uh, to grow and to make money and to make a difference in the world. And so I, more specifically, I was looking at Rwanda and seeing that there's a lot of opportunities starting there over the last 15, 20 years, they've had um, extreme economic growth. They're doing really well. And for the next five, 10 years, there's a lot of opportunity there. And so that kind of sparked something in my mind of wanting to travel and going to explore more. Uh, but it didn't, it wasn't um, an overnight thing. It was more of a spark that it just, just been lit and that I couldn't do anything at that point. I couldn't travel, couldn't leave the business. There was a lot going on mm -hmm. and it just stayed in my head. And over a couple months after that, um, I kind of started thinking about it more. 
saying that after COVID, I would spend some time traveling, even if it meant starting a business or not starting a business, I would spend some time traveling. And then when it came towards April, May, I kind of gave up on that thought. I said that, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. I, I enjoy myself in the business. Uh, I see myself going far with it. So I'm going to put that idea aside. Mm -hmm. A couple months later, uh, June comes by and I got an opportunity to step away from the business because um, just I, I saw another job opportunity and I said, let me take this on for now uh, so I can make some extra money and, and I'll do that for a little bit. And so I did this. Other, I got to the other job, uh, started doing that and decided to leave the print company. And I said, I'll come back to it when I'm a little bit more comfortable. Going back to the anxiety aspect of it. I was a little anxious with the business and I said, I'll take a job, uh, get some more experience in different fields and I'll come back to it. Took on another job in the events industry. Uh, didn't enjoy doing that much because it was more of a sales role, which was just cold calling. So I didn't enjoy that job. And I said, okay, let me step away from this too. So mm -hmm. I kind of quit within two weeks. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, two weeks later, I quit the job and sitting at home and the idea of going traveling and uh, going to Rwanda and exploring came back to me. And I said, okay, let me, you know, let me look into it. And my friend's wedding was coming up at the same time. So I said, okay, let me go for his wedding and spend a couple months there. Um, and do all the exploring. I went all in one. So it, two birds with one stone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, within the, the next day, you know, I got, a, no, not even the next day, the same day, I woke up on Saturday morning, had made this decision. By nighttime, I had booked my ticket uh, to Dar es Salaam, to Tanzania. And within a week's time, I was uh, landing in, in Tanzania. I was there. Uh, it's been now two weeks that I've been, I was there. And then I came to Mombasa, Kenya, which is where I grew up, as you mentioned in the introduction. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I grew up. And so I came back here to visit some friends. And then within a couple of weeks, I'll be moving to, uh, we're going to Kigali for a month uh, to kind of explore exactly what I've been spending six months thinking about wanting, wanting to do for so long. Um, and I'm finally getting the opportunity to do it within a couple of weeks. It sounds like all of these decisions were like spur of the moment decisions, right? But it's actually, um, in reality, it's something that you have been thinking about for a long time and have been planning for, but never had the opportunities. Um, how important is it for, you to seize the opportunities that are given to you in that moment. I, I think that's the most important thing because uh, tied to luck is uh, it, working hard is one thing. And on the other hand of it, there's also luck that comes with it. But mm -hmm. luck comes only when you work hard to a certain level. If you're working hard meeting people, then luckily, like luckily in quotation marks, um, one of the people that you've met through all that hard work, through all that networking, is going to come back and offer you an opportunity. It's all going to come back to you later on, but it's not going to come back to you without actually you doing the work in the first place and you wouldn't even see the connection between it like i've met people three four years ago and they're coming back to help me out now um four years from, from when i met them and so you don't see it but you have to put in that work and you have to do it and then those opportunities will come to you and as soon as those opportunities comes to you look at it uh, calculate it uh, you know question it say is this good for me is it bad for me is it risky is it not risky and what will come out of it? And what's the worst that could happen in that situation? So mm -hmm. I always do that. I always calculate, I always do that questioning. But once I've done the questioning, I will take that opportunity full head on and I'll go with it and make myself, uh, make it worthy of me and make it good for me. What goes into running a successful um, marketing business, um, printing company, or to be a successful salesperson? I think with everything is hard work. Um, mm -hmm. Persistence, hard work through everything. Because there will be down days, as I said, there there will be up days, there will be down days. And on the down days, you want to quit. Um, I've been here, uh, I've been traveling for three weeks, and about two and a half of those weeks were great. But about four or five of those days might have been bad. And those mm -hmm. days, you want to quit more than anything else. But if you look at the end goal and you see where you're, what you're trying to reach to, uh, you just stick through it despite everything. 
there was there was one quote that stuck out to me that I saw the past couple of days was, uh, if something is important enough, uh, you're gonna do it no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta realize what those things are important are. When I before I left Canada, I even told myself I knew those days were gonna come, and I knew that for three months I was gonna be stuck here or not stuck. I was going to be here and there was no way out of it. And I kept mm-hmm. myself in that position where I, there was no way out of it because I knew at the end of it, I'd get the result that I wanted. And so despite everything, you have to have that persistence. You have to have that uh, that goal in mind. Never forget what that goal is. And then despite that, uh, everything that comes in your way, if you remember that goal, you're going to be able to stay and stick towards your goal. We're coming towards the end of the, our show, about five minutes. But I really want to hear about your dream a goal that is driving you to travel, to do all of what you're doing, because we haven't mentioned that, and it's truly incredible. So when I was young, I know we used to, my brother and I used to play these games where we'd make, we'd pretend we'd have um, our own restaurants and we kind of, you know, sell sell food to each other and that kind of thing. And so that sparked in my mind, this goal that I wanted to have was uh, those childish dreams that you have of owning a chain of hotels across the world. And I don't know what spurred it at that young age, but that's what I wanted to do. And that was kind of a childish dream. And people always said, you know, uh, your, your dreams as you go older, they're going to disappear. And that was one of the goals. And then at the same time, I had the goal of uh, building education systems around the world. And this this was spurred from me looking at people and saying, uh, no matter how much we help people, there it doesn't um, like it doesn't help them sustainably. Like it'll help them today, and then tomorrow again, you need to help them. And mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean like we don't need help as well. We need help too. But if you want to help people, you want to change the world, there has to be something else that makes it sustainable. And it goes back to that saying of uh, give somebody a fish and they'll eat for a day, but you teach them to fish, you'll feed them forever, right? And so that mm-hmm. from that spurred the idea of wanting to create education systems to be able to help people to, to grow them in their own skill sets so that they can sustain themselves. And so from, a, from childhood, that was always my goal. Um, to build education systems, build schools to help people. And as I grew older, of course, uh, the dream goes away. You know, you kind of tell yourself, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. What makes me different? Mm-hmm. What makes me be able to do it? But every single time that I thought that, something would push me towards it. So if uh, I didn't think I could uh, start a business, I ended up starting a business and it pushed me more towards my goal. When I left the print company, I went and started working for an events company. And uh, I was doing sales for it, but I enjoyed it so I enjoyed so much the idea of holding events and uh, these were conferences that kind of help people to evolve in the industry which is another way of like educating people to be able to progress the, the world forward so this whole idea of education of just improving ourselves was something that was always important to me and now mm-hmm. um, i was like how can i do it when i started to study more about rwanda i saw emerging economies and i saw it was possible for me to actually go there start a business there uh, once i started a business then i can kind of going towards my philanthropic goals um, and I could always do that. And so I decided, you know, I would start to think more about that. And I did, again, when it came to actually traveling here, it was scary because I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to travel there. And then the day comes and I decided to book my flight. And within a day, I booked my flight to go. And it's getting me one step closer every single day. Mm-hmm. It's still, there's still a hundred steps left to go. Uh, but it's one step closer every single day, learning more. Even um, some of the people that I've talked to, some of my networking partners, uh, some of the people that I've had on my podcast, they talk mm-hmm. about social entrepreneurship. Social entrepreneurship is a whole other thing that I, I talk about, which is that you can help other people uh, while also making money for yourself. You can build businesses that help other people at the same time. By, and there's so many ways of doing it. Uh, one of the ways is you know you build a business and you take proceeds from that and you help people. Another way of mm-hmm. doing it is 
uh, you build a business and you hire people who, uh, or you teach people the skills that they need and you evolve them. And then even if they leave, you know, even if you're not working for you anymore, they, they've evolved and that you've done what you wanted to do, which is yeah. to evolve people to their next, the next higher stage. Mm-hmm. So that was all, so those goals all combined together. Um, I definitely, you know, want to uh, create schools to help people. I want to uh, give food to people, be able to uh, feed, feed the whole world, you know, give people um, access to healthcare. But at the same time, I want to make a lot of money. I want to create generational wealth for my kids and for my uh, offspring. And so I want to combine all those things. And that the way to combine that is through, uh, through social entrepreneurship for me. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, when you speak about how your degree sort of and your experiences all led up to, um, you know, this this ultimate goal that you have, um, it really shows that whatever you try to plan in your life, you know, everything will take you one step closer to what your passions are if you're willing to take those risks and put yourself out there. Um, can you tell us quickly about your podcast before we come to the end of our show? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been, so for the past three, four years, when I got into university and I kind of decided that I wanted to focus more on my personal growth and self-development, mm-hmm. I started to read a lot of books. I started to um, network a lot and I started to get involved with more things. And at the same time, also started to listen to a lot of podcasts. And listening to a lot of podcasts kind of helped me to grow in a way that it was different that books helped me to grow in. And I started to hear people's stories and saying, you know, they're, they're real people just like us. Um, they have stories just like us. And that's talking about people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, like people who, are, who seem like superstars, who seem like celebrities. They're just people at the end of the day that, who have just gone through different paths than we have. And listening to their stories made me realize that you can do anything that you want. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and, and at that point, I wanted to start a podcast and to, say, to tell these stories. Uh, and I wasn't able to. It took a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, February, I was, you know, in the business and I was like, I want to start something different. Let me, let me go and start a podcast. And coincidentally, at the same time, uh, one of my friend's dads launched a, uh, his own book. And I said, okay, let me interview him. This is the perfect opportunity. If it doesn't go well, then I don't have to do the podcast. But if it goes well, I can launch it and keep going with it. And so I called him up, you know, I was so scared to take that call. I called him mm-hmm. up and I said, let's do it. And he agreed to do it um, the following Sunday. A Sunday comes, we do the podcast and it went really well like the question uh, the way i asked the questions were good the way he responded mm-hmm. were good and i enjoyed doing it and so i decided to go full pledge with it and that, the way the name came up the unmasked podcast was kind of saying that everybody has uh, a mask because everybody seems mm-hmm. like somebody we don't understand what they're going through but when we listen to the stories they're just human beings like us and so that's yeah. how i came up with the name the unmasked podcast after that first episode i talked to some of the people that i worked with in the past who had their own podcast and I asked them, would you, would you like to come on a podcast? And right away they said, yeah, we'd love to. You know, we'd love mm-hmm. to help you out. We'd love to uh, tell our stories. And so yeah. they came on and that's how that started. Um, went for, with it for four or five months. Now that I'm traveling, it's a little bit more difficult, but I'm going to yeah. try um, doing something different with it, trying to do, talk more about Maybe people cultures. that you meet, right, throughout the work that you're doing right now would be incredible. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to go for. Um, so I'm pushing towards starting that very soon. Uh, just waiting for the right time, but it will, it will come very soon. Inshallah. Um, we've come to the end of our show. So can you give us your final piece of advice for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, one small thing that I would like to share is that uh, don't underestimate the, act, the power of small actions because every small action is a key to a bigger action. Like we talked about one thing being a stepping stone to the other. You can't read a hundred books until you've read one book or you, not even one book. You can't even read a hundred books until you've read one page. You can't go to, you can't work out for three years without taking that first day, going to the gym or doing that one push up. 
Um, you can't, you know, start listening to podcasts and getting to know people without actually going to one conference and meeting one person. It all starts with that one person, that one book, that one podcast, um, that one day at the gym. It all starts with that one small step. So don't underestimate the power of that small step mm-hmm. and look, always look back and see how far you've come and realize that you can go so much further uh, just by taking one small step in the right direction. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Nabil, for all of your invaluable advice today and for sharing with us uh, everything that you're doing, for taking the, your leaps of faith um, and showing us that it is possible. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the, this opportunity. I appreciate it so much. You were just listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. If you miss this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the You Mentor website under prior talk shows. Um, and if you want to ask our speaker questions, please do so through the Inspire app. Make sure to tune in next week at 3 p.m. for another show. Emoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.